Hello, I'm Joss Stone. Thanks for joining me for a cup of happy. I spent the last few years singing my songs in every country in the world and been lucky enough to meet incredible people from all walks of life. What really struck me is that no matter where we are, we're all on the same mission. We're all just trying to find our version of happy. So with this podcast, I'm going to be speaking to a whole host of people to dig deeper into the what, why, and how of this emotion we call happiness. I hope that with these conversations, you discover something to help you on your own quest for happiness, possibly change your mind on a few things, and along the way, share a good old laugh with me and my guests. Before we get into the conversation, I just wanted to let you know about another podcast I think you're going to really love. It's called Slow Mo, hosted by Mo Gaudat, who you may be familiar with since I've had him on my show. Mo's the author of the book Soul for Happy. Amazingly, he wrote this following a terrible personal tragedy, which perfectly demonstrates his resilience and mindset. His podcast explores the profound questions and obstacles we all face in the pursuit of purpose, which all of you listeners now know is the key to our happiness, or one of them. So why not give it a go? The Slow Mo Podcast with Mo Galdat. Check it out. Now, on to today's guest. She's dedicated her entire life to helping families be happier and healthier, and has been in our homes since the mid-noughties with her hit show, Super Nanny. We talk about her recent new series, Finding Your Inner Child at the Pump. Probably not the best place to find it. And of course, the famous naughty step. I really hope you enjoy my chat with the legend that is Joe Frost. Hi, Joe. It's lovely to chat with you. How are you? Hello. I'm very well. Well, apart from this croaky voice. <laughs> oh, but it's sexy. But I'm very good. I like it. Bring on does the allergies. How does it sound on the mic? It yeah, it's gorgeous. all the allergies. It's that time of the year. If you have a croaky voice, that's when you go, right, I'm running into the studio and I'm going to do that, that little ballad. That, low, that little um, oh, yeah. horsey voice. The gorgeous yeah, R&B number. I have a question to ask you. Do you sing mm. to your baby? Like, do you just, you know, well, sing the harm tunes whilst, yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's good. I think, yeah, um, I'm, I'm trying to like, you know, chat to the baby and like pat him and, or her uh-huh. and, sing and do all this stuff. And I've got these little pods that they're called baby buds and they stick on your belly. Yes. You play music through your belly. Yeah, so, that's good. So, um, so you have a, a new series of Super Nanny, is that right? Super Nanny, it's already come out already. Mm. Um, it was in America mm. on the Lifetime Network. I think people can watch it on their app at the moment. But to be honest with you, mm. um, a lot of the shows end up then on sort of like, you know, like a YouTube and mm. millions of people then just go back to watch yeah, the, way. the shows again. I mean, you it's know, the type so of show that. that we need to go back to. I've gone back to a few yes. of yours, even over the years, and I haven't even had a kid yet. But I do go back just to check certain things that you've said, because there's a lot of tips and tricks yeah. how to have a, fa- um, a happy family life, you know, and those tips don't disappear. They're there. So you can go back and check, which is great, especially if you have questions like I have a billion. Um, you talk yes. about, um, you know, taking the complications out and maybe showing that this can be a simple situation. But there are things like the naughty step or, you know, like there's, there's like little 
tips and the tricks, I suppose they they work well on some kids, but not all, I suppose. So you have to, you have to go in and analyze the situation and go, right, this isn't going to work for this child. So how did you manage to get that skill? Because not everyone can see their different personality types with their kids. They, they might have four kids and they go, oh, well, I'll just try the same thing with all four of them. You seem to be able to go, right, he's not going to like that because he's this way. Have you always been able to have that skill, that people skill? Yes, but to answer the first part of this question is there's child development, mm. and you have to mod- you know you have to modify for um, different circumstances for families based upon the history mm. of their particular family. So parents who have children with special needs, certainly there's a modification around the diagnosis of the medical condition. Certainly, if you are a family that fosters or adopts a child, you know, there is a history of perhaps trauma beforehand. Um, And again, it's a modification. But we live in a world that's become so polarized that everybody just sees the North or the South Pole. And it's about reading the gray area and understanding that a gray matter exists in that space is where with experience, you can judge which techniques you use for the type of child, temperament, personality in relation to their family members and work out what works for them. Now, you mentioned the naughty step. It's one of the one techniques of I use, just yeah. one of the techniques I use My for discipline. Used but it. There are other. That's why it, point out, it kind of stuck out <clears> to me. I was like, oh, she does it as well. It's just a yeah, step. but there are other. There are other <laughs> techniques yeah. for discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could use uh, privilege removal. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, you could do like what I call a one strike, and it's just you know children to the sides and just being able to talk to them. So you know, it right. became mainstream um, because of the Super Nanny Show. Yeah. Um, in finding a space where a child could contemplate about those actions. The yeah. the, the the problem that I see nowadays with that is that families think that the naughty step is an application to teaching a child a life skill. So what they try and do is control the situation by the application of the naughty step. And it's, it's incorrect because there are rules, there are boundaries. And if they're broken, there's the consequence of a naughty step, but it's not the application to teach a child, for example, to sit at a table and to have lunch with the rest of the family. No. You see the difference? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so, you know, the education is teaching these families that one, it's the life skills that are needed in order for them to be the best they can for their children. And then secondly, making sure that it's the right application, it's the right technique that supports what you're trying to achieve or resolve mm-hmm. where you're challenged. So you're really training the parents. You're really <coughs> putting them through... A tra- I suppose, mm, excuse me. Yeah, you're, you're teaching the, the adults, yeah, you're coaching. Not, not really the kids. Well, you're coaching, you're coaching the families, but you're also coaching the teenagers too. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, if, they're part of it. They're part of the parenting. Yeah. Well, you have, you know, you have teenagers that don't feel heard or validated, or they may not have close relationships um, with their family and, and they want to feel closer or there's a, they, you know, a preconceived idea. 
um, in, can they feel left out when when the cute one comes along um in many circumstances if that's the case um blended families you know bringing them together yeah. um so that um there is more harmony with everybody being on the same page and yeah. the thing is is that people expect family members to get on um and you want to create um techniques and um certainly give advice that allow everybody to have more compassion and mm. empathy towards a situation that may be a challenge and that's why they've asked me to come in but it's also it's educating you know what I'm doing is educating these families and then helping them to really be the their best self um and to feel good you know to feel proud about what they're doing because I feel like every family is trying their best of you know, course. every family wants to do the best that they can. Yeah, and, there's always love you know, there. Not every, yeah, not every family had the best upbringing. You know, not every family, you know, um, were given a lot of skills to be able to auto-parent. Mm. Um, and so I think it's important that some of those families will take the great bits of how they were raised and sometimes be a little bit stuck on what to do beyond. And that's where I can come in with my expertise to be able to help these families. I mean, the last, the last season of Super Nanny in the USA, there was a lot of focus on helping the relationships between the parents, you oh. know, and how that would help the children. You oh, know, there were, there were sleeping issues. Like a issues romantic or, kind of, like a love guru. You became a love guru. Well, you can't, you can't help. You can't help parents be the best they can for their children if both parents are not getting on and right. they haven't worked through the challenges that need, they need to. And there's this myth that, you know, I, I receive thousands of emails every day from families needing help. Mm. But there's this myth that, you know, parents will say, the children are doing this and the children are doing that and it's breaking up my marriage. Oh. And to be honest with you, when children arrive, they're like spiritual teachers. What yeah. they do is highlight the issues that were already there. So yeah. if your relationship wasn't strong on communication, yeah. it's going to have to be because having a child is going to bring you to that space of being better in your communication with your partner. Right. If you were in a space where you did everything and you just continue to do so, having a child is now going to make you prioritize your time and the management of that mm. and, and the pace every day. So, you know, children come along and, you know, families will say, well, because of this circumstance, you know, this is now what's happening. But I see it as a positive of looking at how it challenges you to grow yeah. as a parent and in the relationship you're in currently. Um, if, that's the circumstance at the time. Yeah. I think it, it's got to be kind of rare that it's the kid's fault. I spoke to this young boy in Sao Tome. He was, a, he was in an orphanage and he was so sweet. Oh my gosh. He was like kind of timid, but chatty, you know, like a, he, just had, he had a very sweet soul. And he was sat there telling me that he was an orphan now because he was too much energy as a child he was too busy he said mummy was just tired because I was too loud and 
Oh God, I, that's heartbreaking. Isn't that horrible? It was horrible. It's heartbreaking. Then, yeah, I, say, I spoke to the teacher. I said, do you realise this kid thinks it's his fault? That, you know, and he was only eight. And, um, and she said, yes, well, we can't tell him the truth. Said, well, why wouldn't but you, you tell him? <laughs> I mean, the truth is his mother's a heroin addict and, you know, couldn't look after her kid because she didn't manage, she had other issues. But it's not his fault. But he will walk through the rest of his life thinking that. Well, that's not true. Yeah, I mean, that's not Isn't true. That they could have actually, it's not true that they so, couldn't have actually have said something like, you know, they could have said your biological mother, you know, had an illness. Right. Um, and that illness, um, you know, certainly had her in a space where it became overwhelming and difficult for her so that they recognize that it's not personal. Yeah, you know, it's even though, on the illness, you know, obviously. Not on him. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think there's a whole nother, there's a whole nother discussion around orphanages and, you know, or mm. orphan homes and, you know, the, the practices, et cetera. You know, look, I'm a huge advocate for the importance of permanency. I feel yeah. that every child missed their right of passage to have a home for good. What I'd like to see is the ability for more families to foster and mm. to provide children with permanent homes. And to do that, I think we've <coughs> gone across some serious political boundaries and laws because right. there's an enormous amount of families in the LGBTQ community, for example, that want to adopt, that want to foster. And yet those laws make it so difficult for these families to be able to do so. You know, again, it's a system that needs to be rebuilt. Yeah, I hope it does soon. I hope it does happen. But yeah, it's it's a crazy thing, really. There's so many people that just want babies and they want to be parents and they might not be able to for whatever reason. It's Because it's such, you know, you think about it, it's such, an honor i mean oh god you know yeah. uh you know it's a privilege and an honor to be able to raise another human being in this world mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. to be able to do that and it's it's very special and you know watching you know you see me help families particularly that need help you know yeah. they're they're overwhelmed they're stressed out but you know having spent all my life in families homes and and helping them navigate you know times that are difficult mm. it really never gets old when the penny drops and a family feels so good about where they are and you know you see the trust beginning you know the beginnings of trust and hope and for children most importantly for children also to feel to feel heard that they they had a space to feel heard and again this season Um, You saw me break that wall down where I was able to just really talk to the kids, listen to them, listen to the children, how they felt, what they wanted, how they felt inside, you know, and to bring the parents to a space of being able to understand from the child's perspective, you know, and to find that balance of your responsibility as a parent and your guidance and the importance of certainly listening to your child and being able to bridge the gap with how they feel their perspective um that's incredibly important work that we need to all continue doing in this profession Mm. do you think as a parent okay so the reason why i'm asking this is not my own opinion but um i was speaking to a lady that is a clinical psychologist and very very smart and she deals with children a lot and she said when you have your child 
you have to grieve. I was like, what? (laughs) What does that mean? She said, you have to grieve because you are going to die and then come back. So in a new person. So I guess what I get from that, well, it sounds kind of scary, but um, I I guess there's lots of different ways you can look at it. But what I got from it was you have to kind of wave goodbye to who you were. Do you think that? I kind of, I've always thought that it's important to hold on to a piece of who you are. But what would be your advice to people that feel like Um, they might be losing themselves or should they lose themselves? It's hard to answer that question as in, did she explain a little bit more about (laughs) what she meant? Um, She said, basically, there is a death and it's you. And I thought, oh, that sounds terrifying. Mm. <laughs> but, I think yeah, there's a there's a rebirth. I mean, a there's a rebirth. If you're like a if you're someone that likes to like party all night long, then I suppose that part of you has to die. But if you're not that, I don't know. As a clinical psychologist, I don't know. I think that's quite. It's extreme. I think that sounds well. No, it sounds quite <laughs> linear for a clinical psychologist to say that. The one thing I would take from that, perhaps, because we can only, yeah. We can only assume, really, because we don't really know if there's not much more information behind that particular sentence. But there is a rebirth in with respect to you and how you evolve and how you will grow as this individual that is loving and taking care, you know, of your own. And perhaps what she meant is... <laughs> You're being really letting go. Careful. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not being yeah. sweet or careful. What I'm, what I'm doing is, is coming from a place of, you know. I think she would have said, like, there's a whole other conversation of this again, this polarized conversation of, can you still be the parent that travels and has children? Well, of course you can. Mm-hmm. I think there's this myth that you, you have to stop doing you. The things that you used to do Mm. once you have a family. Now, if those things are positive, then you definitely should continue to do those because they are positive behaviors and experiences that will only bring to the life of experience for your your newborn, your child. So if you were keen on traveling, Mm. um, then you will modify and you will continue to travel. If you are an addict, if you have negative habits, then of course, that needs to be looked at in a bigger way. But I want to say as a clinical psychologist, perhaps you meant the importance of what we let go of, the ego, you know, the self, the self-centeredness she did of recognizing that. that yeah. Oh, then there we are. So intuitively. That's exactly what, yeah. She did Okay, intuitively, on. that's what I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You're completely right. So, she went on to say that there's, yeah, your <clears> ego. <throat> she kept saying that your ego right, is okay. like, it's gone, <clears throat> done, it's over. So what she's really trying to explain mm. is that the self-centeredness, the, the look at me, look at how well I do this, children challenge that. And there's a lot of ego that needs to be let go of. So when you are in a circumstance, perhaps you're a very successful woman in the career that you do um, and you have you know, you know that this is the space that you're in and then you have a child and they challenge you mm. um, with the behavior, you have to let go of the ego of wanting to be right and, mm. and start to look at it in a pragmatic way of, of 
what it is here that you're fighting. Are you both power playing to control a situation? Because now it's going to define who you are. Um, and it shouldn't define who you are. It's, it's just an added facet to, you know, you as a whole, as as a complete, you know, it's just not, it's not just the parenting or just the career. So to me, I think in a, in a we philosophical way. Anyway, I think. Well, I think in life's journey. Yeah, yeah just journey. letting go of your ego is such an important thing to do. Just, but that's a process, as you know, yeah. for many, that's a process um, in wanting to be right head. rather than happy. Yeah, you have to, yeah, don't worry about being right. It doesn't matter. Maturity, that takes maturity, life experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's why I feel that children are such spiritual little teachers because, mm, you are. know, they arrive, they pick us, you know, your child's picked you Aww. and, you know, there will that's be nice. this journey. You know, yeah. that you'll that you'll learn from and you know, at times that will be tiring and challenging. Um, but the reward definitely outweighs. There's no two ways about that. Yes, I want you to be excited. I am. I want you to be That's excited. Why I've been watching I know your shows for so long. I've anxious. been excited for years. I've been in love with my baby for I don't know, thirty years. Oh I'm like word. that I'm that type of person. Oh my yeah. word been dreaming about this for a really long time you know it's a funny thing like I would I would in relationships I would kind of choose to stay with someone based on hmm would you be good for my unborn baby and then if the answer is no I'll mug them off even I mean years (laughs) so so, you know so you it's you know it's it's finding a a partner that together you know for you that that you know, your child comes from that space of, of yeah. extension of your family, the two of you together and, yeah. and having, because there are lots of women who make that decision for themselves, regardless of whether they have, you know, men or women in their life, you yeah, know, they make a decision. But the for you, is, if, it's that if space. Your, if your person is not, is, is not going to be in your mind good for a tiny person that needs looking after and they're just good for you, they're probably not going to be good for you in the end. Because I feel like, there's, there's a child in all of us, right? So I hope so. Yeah, I think there is. And I don't think it goes away. I think we just get bigger and louder, possibly, you know, and, you know, we, we cause more grief. But I, I think we're just big kids, really. So love. I hope so, because I hope so, because I feel that that should never go away. No. Like, you know, no. like at heart. Mm. Yeah, my friends will say, you know, they, they'll say to me, oh, you know, your spirit is so young. And I think that's what kids, you know, when I'm with the kids, like they feel that as well, because, you know, there is that, that space. I think it's about energetic parenting, you know, kids feel their energy. And I don't belong to one particular religion or another, but I'm a very spiritual person. And I do feel that children feel their energy. um, And they, they sense that in a child and I think we should be playful as parents and we should have a lot of fun and and enjoy Mm. and let ourselves our hair down um and for some that can be very difficult in a really in a really truthful way that can be really difficult so that becomes a lot of fun in helping families to get to a place of you know play and creativity happy making yeah to play I mean when we get drunk when we have a little tipple we become more playful 
I'm sure there's other ways, of course, but often we go to the pub, don't we, to kind of relax or we'll go, right, let's have a glass of wine and a chat or whatever. It's because we've grown older into our adulthood and we've, we've become stiff. So we need some silly thing to help us tap into our inner child and be more playful. This is not, if anyone who's listening, this is not an endorsement to go down the pub, to become have a couple an alcoholic, of pints, have a couple of pints to find your inner child. I need to, to find play my inner roses. child. <laughs> you know, you shouldn't have to do that to to be able to connect and play. That should just be part of our everyday. Well, I think that's, sometimes I you think have to that's, practice. But I think for some of us, it's innately within us, right? So it yeah. is for you. It is for me. Yeah. But imagine but for some. Lot, if you don't practice it, it's going to get, it's going to go away. Well, having, it's in you already though. But for some, um, it's about bringing them out of their shell. Yeah. It's about, it's about helping them to mm. give their self permission mm. to be playful and to find that within themselves and it's letting down your inhibitions which you spoke about you know a lot of people will do that after a little tickle here and there but finding that without the alcohol is 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 really taking them back to their childhood and finding out if there was anything that they really enjoyed doing and bringing them to a space of letting all of that go it's letting go you know on a spiritual purpose it's letting go it's surrendering to this expectation of how you think you must behave and children give you the opportunity to do that because Mm -hmm. we're playing in the park and we're jumping on trampolines and we're making sticky colorful pieces of artwork and we're getting our hands mucky Um, and a lot of parents a lot of families get very um, strict about not wanting mess in their homes Um, and I particularly find this in America they don't want they don't want mess in their homes. They're going to have to clean it up. Mm-hmm. And number one, it's because they haven't taught the children to clear up afterwards right. um, of Very all the sticky cool. stuff and the paints that happen. Yep. Um, and two, it's because they, they really don't want the mess. And it's quite interesting because then you'll walk around the toy shops and go into different shops to see the materials that are available. And they've started to make products so that there isn't any mess. And I think that's a shame, a shame because it's part of that um, sensory process mm. of, you know, getting, getting mucky, you know, getting mm-hmm. dirty. You want kids dirty you want them playing in the park and yeah. in the garden and coming back with muddy boots. Yes. Not being afraid of mud. That's so <clears> important. <throat> Have you noticed a difference culturally in, from England to America? Like how, how they're bringing up their children? No, I don't think we're far behind in, in the UK, really. Oh, really? You know, I don't think we're far behind. I, I would say maybe 15 years ago, right, we right. were a couple of steps behind. In a way. I don't think we are now. America right. is the biggest influential country in the so, world. Yeah. And everybody wants to be like America. And it's quite interesting when you see other countries, they've even adopted certain calendar dates of America. You know, we have our own culture and traditions, obviously, in mm-hmm. in Britain, and Americans have theirs. Oh, have um, but as a whole, more, as a family, have you noticed more um, drugging of thy children? I I've noticed it only because I never heard of it until I came over here. You know, when they like go, oh my god, my kid's really busy running around, it's crazy. I must take him to the doctors. They then go to the doctors, and the doctor says, right, your child has this 
this, this, and this, and here's loads of drugs for your five-year-old. Have you noticed that happen more in you the mean US? Pill, you mean pill-happy prescription write-outs? Yes, yes, um, yes. No, that. Um, I do think it's, I do think there are certain counties and areas, mm. pockets in America where individually those those clinics, those practices, I would like to see more diligence right. um, in those boxes that are checked um, because I do, you're talking about really, and this is universal, yeah. how parents can quickly go to the space yeah. um, of saying that their child um, needs to be diagnosed for one medical condition or another, you know, ODD or ADHD. Yes. So the, the really the topic you're talking about is are we under-diagnosing or over-diagnosing? And I think that's a really important conversation that's going to continue for many, many years because I do feel it's about recognising the parenting skills that we teach our young um, from the beginning. I am a a big advocate on the early learning years and the importance of teaching our children um, that education so that they're learning those skill sets. And some of those skill sets, if they're not taught, if they're not taught by parents, can become the check boxes that they tick off um, when they get to school when they're in first grade. So I think it's really important the fundamentally the foundation of being able to teach our parents um, and educate our parents those that foundation, the early years foundation, especially as we know that the first five years. Um, 90% of our brain has been developed. So, you know, it's incredibly important. In the first five years. And there's a lot more work wow. in the first five years. Oh, so God. it's a lot more, um, there's a lot more work to be done in this country you know uh, with I focusing on the early learning years. That the, um, your pitch, you get your pitch from zero to three, as in like vocally. <laughs> so my dad was playing Anita Baker in the house at that time so he blamed her for my pitch which is great oh anita baker lovely little sight i know don't we love her she's amazing okay so on this subject i want to ask you something else about and this Mm. is another clinical psychologist that has made this comment Mm. the way that the words are placed um you know some sometimes might not come across as uh sugar-coated but i think it's really interesting And it's kind of along the lines of what you're talking about. Um, He says, your job as a parent is to make your child socially desirable by the age of four. He says, um, you're going to want your child to be treated properly, not rejected. If they are behaving badly, every single face that they see is either hostile or lying, which of course will not be good for them in any way. Now, I think that all makes total sense. Obviously, when you say things like your job is to make your child socially desirable by the age of four, it can kind of come across like, oh, my God, what do you mean? I can't do that. But it does make a lot of sense. It's like, I suppose you're, you're teaching them to be, to have a nice life and to preparing them for other people, I suppose. Well, socially socially I thought desirable. it would take a longer time than, than four. You know, four is like not very many years. Socially desirable is is it's what we're not seeing a lot of today. There is <laughs> there is there is, there is cyber there is cyber bullying. There is a lack of empathy. So yes. if you are socially desirable, You're you nice are somebody people. that has empathy. 
Yeah. You show kindness. Mm-hmm. You have thoughts and consideration. It's empathy. I've, I yeah. feel that the base of his statement comes from a space of empathy. When we live in a society where we are seeing an extreme, I mean, it has grown. There is mm-hmm. no two ways about it in my career. I have seen how the statistics have just become alarming and concerning when we look at online bullying and we look at the unkindness alongside even the social media platforms. So he's talking about socialization skills, having the opportunity to teach our children, to take turns, to share, to be kind, Mm. to to be able to understand that their behavior um, has an impact on somebody else. And I think what we're doing is we're stuck we're starting that at four because we see children play side by side around the sand pits. Mm-hmm. And, but children from the age of like three and, and upwards, that's, you know, where they're going into a space of recognizing that if they behave this way, it has an impact on somebody else. So if Johnny is having a play date mm-hmm. and he decides that nobody is going to play with any of his toys, that doesn't lead to a good experience, does it? You know, no. it's not a great experience. His friends are going to come over. He's not being kind to them. He recognizes that when he is kind to others, when he shares, when he can collectively understand that all of us are playing and having this experience, it's a happier one for everyone. And I, that's what I would take from what he has said, mm. especially living in a world where um, we see so much bullying uh, behavior. Um. ACAST recommends LGBTQ plus creators who are making an impact this month and beyond. Tune in for your new favorite show. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like Below Deck, Love is Blind, and TLC's big messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. Okay, please tell me y'all are watching this new season of 90 Day with Bilal, Emily, Mohammed. It's the mess season yet. And you know you need your gay besties to talk about all the drama and cringe jam-packed into every episode. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you get your podcast. Reality Gaze. Let's love. A-Cast, 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 A-Cast recommends. And, you know, adults. lack this of empathy. Advice. This is great advice for adults. They should put that in play. They should, you know, be as... <laughs> know people that are not tiny maybe could stop being horrible to each other well, but it's very I mean, accepted so you can't tell your child do not bully your little mate if you are bullying somebody online or you know in any other way well put it this way you have to look at yourself and that's what i that's what i mean by children you know mm. they're little spiritual teachers they they hold a mirror and make you yeah. have to look at yourself You have to recognize that it's not about what you tell. It's about what you show. It's about being the best example. It's about leading by example. And because that is what your children will see. You know, they'll see how um, you behave with them, with your partner, with others around you to circumstances. So, you know, it's one thing to say, don't do this. 
Mm. Um, it's another to show that you're not doing. Um, and that's what t- children are looking up to is our, is our example. So mm. I would take that from this doctor's um, statement that yeah. really in those socialization, early formative years, mm. um, we are teaching our children the importance of empathy. And we've gone into the technology era now, which yeah. I believe has breeded more narcissistic behavior than ever. Oh God, it's terrible. <laughs> and where there's narcissistic oh, characteristic traits and self-centeredness, mm. you know, and this fake facade of how my life is, then there's, there's less empathy. Yes, um, you know, we, we've not to turn this political, but I think we've seen a, a nice example of that over the last four years. Yeah. You know, in America for sure. Yeah. It's really, it's a mad time. Everything's so different now. I do think it's because of technology it's definitely upping the ante isn't it and what about what about screens for kids I was talking to my brother about he watched a documentary that I'm yet to watch um, about not putting screens in front of your kids faces from zero to four again to help them their brains develop do you know anything about that yes I mean look millions and millions of synapses right and the importance of of those connections and the and the wiring of our brain is happening in those first five years so look, I'm a realist. I know for a fact that there are going to be parents that are going to be putting tablets in front of their two-year-olds. It's not necessary and it's not needed because what is needed is the interaction, the human interaction. Um, and I would advise any family that hasn't done it yet to actually stay away from that. There is no need, absolutely no need whatsoever for a child to have a tablet um, in front of their face and to be put on that. Um, it's, it got used as to me watching families and helping them as an electronic babysitter <clears throat> where there was less management in looking at how they would look at their daily routine and mm-hmm. how they would manage uh, with the children that they had, you know, it became a coping tool, uh, for parents. Um, but the, the best development and learning is the interaction between child and that parent um, or guardian or child carer um, mm. and building up that early learning, learning education face-to-face. Um, we do live in the tech era though, um, and I do think we have to embrace technology. But we professionals 10 years ago knew that if there was no regulation, that we would be dealing with the outcome of this, these onset issues. Um, so it is important that what we take, we don't abuse. You know, mm. there are good educational apps that I feel that first graders can use. Um, and certainly we're seeing that happen as we do distant learning with many first grades, you know. But I also think we have to recognize the importance of children, it not being the be all. You know, if we use an educational app for a child, that's one thing. But I want to see children outside yeah. because playgrounds are lonely. Slides are talking to swings now, wondering where the children are. You know, the slides talking to the swings saying, where are the children? Where are the children? (laughs) So, you know, I want to see children out in the parks on nature trails. You know, they need to be outside. Well, this again comes back to mental health, Mm. you know, and family wellness. And that is shaped with activity and healthier choices, less salt, less sugar. Um, certainly looking at 
for many families, how we can budget and plan. You know, again, these are the tools when you can look at a family's income and recognize um, a budget plan for them to make the better choices for healthier mm. eating and um, being outside in the fresh air you know and really making the most of outdoors which get the kids out that's yep. the message you know out and active you can't help but recognize that as the you don't have to pay for that it is free. Na- nature is literally right there yeah you just have to go and you have to look at the correlation between that, between, you know, when you're looking at childhood obesity and you mm. see an increase, an uptake on tablet use with children and less activity. Mm. You know, I was born in the 70s, so we were always out on our bikes or skateboarding or roller yeah. skating, you know. And think about the food then. People were not as health conscious as they are now. You know, we didn't know as much information as we know now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet there wasn't a childhood obese epidemic no. like there is now. It's because they, know. Sat. they just sat. They <laughs> had to move. you got to um, move. You know. So, yeah, you've got to move. you definitely got to move. And it's fun. That's what creates the memories. All of my memories. Oh, experiences. When I was yeah. young, it's all about experience, isn't it? Yeah. So, you're, yeah. I mean, we used to do little river walks. We moved to Devon when we were about eight. So perfect timing. Oh, really. Lovely. So much Where fun. Where was you before? Where was you um, before? I was in Dover. So that was the beach, you know. Okay. Yeah. Beach. Hang out on the beach. So my memories from Dover is outside in the freezing cold water <laughs> in the beach. Lovely. The pebbles. And it was great. And then <clears throat> all of the other memories are being in fields with hay bales and animals and river walks and things like mm. that. I don't remember sitting there. I don't remember any of the television shows I watch. I don't really care. It's not interesting, you know, but the memories that we created as like a little gaggle of girls together or whatever, they're all yep. based outside, you know, those, those are the good ones. And I, you know, I think, look, you know, it's easy for us to say, but we can't also ignore the fact that families need to be supported more, you know, by, this, there's an, there's an internal. By government. Well, there's. Well, there's the internal and the external, right? Yeah. So, for example, we need to be able to look at that. You know, wages need to be comparable to inflation. Yep. You know, when you're when the wages that are being brought in are not, mm. then you now have parents working longer and the taking on a couple creates. of jobs. Enormous amount of stress. Yeah, and you're... then you're angry in general <clears throat> because you're you're under stress. And well, you're, wor- of course you're your working. Your child's at... going to feel that. Yeah, or affordable childcare, um, yep. because you know, again, there are families That's that are needing to impossible. work those hours. Yeah. Well, I think it, I think it can work, but um, you know, fundamentally, what you're talking about, because you know, when you have time off on those weekends, is making it count. Yes. Make your time count, because those times are about creating memories, and those memories form childhood. You know, and you'll take that into your adulthood. So yep. make it count. Sometimes. All you need to do as a family is just potter around. Everybody needs the break and you just need to potter around and just take a beat. And other times you can plan whether it's going to a petting farm or going off in just to a wetland, you know, area for walks. Um, I would say discover your own place where you live. Like it's quite interesting to to do that, you know, to see what's around. So we have to use our local resources of what's there, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to you know, help us as a family. Um, Did you but, see you know, that movie, Room? Have you seen that? No. Oh what is God. that about? 
Oh. What's that about? It's, it's, it's really like dark, but it's good. This is woman that gets, she kind of gets um, taken by this guy and hidden in the bottom of her garden in a shed oh, for God. years, for like years and years and years and years. And she ends up having a child with her captor, obviously not very nice, but mm. she protects her baby from this man. He's not allowed to look at the child, nothing. But so she's bringing up her baby in this one room and she teaches him that that's it there is no outside world he doesn't of course ask because he's a baby so he kind of just believes that yeah that this room. is it yeah yeah this yeah. is it and she does all these games and she tries to make the best of a really bad situation I mean she literally cannot go outside and it's, yeah. just, it's worth a watch on this subject it's definitely worth a watch um, and it ends well so I would never suggest something that doesn't end well because I hate movies like that but um, <laughs> yeah. it's horrible <laughs> and why did um, I watch all of this and now look, why couldn't they've done a focus group right. and change the ending <laughs> exactly I don't see a point in those movies I'm like I've just wasted three hours of my time and now I'm upset for oh, the next we, three days it, yeah, we want the happier ending we want yes. the happier ending exactly there's enough real stress in life why would you go and add more in a movie I can't I can't but sometimes but sometimes it's really um <laughs> I know but sometimes it's really good though like if you just watch the undoing like the uh -huh. ending was just was real the ending was real oh no so. don't give me real I want fiction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was realistic. I thought, no, that was a good ending. Okay, I'll check it out. Was is it worth it though? Is it is it gonna make yeah, you it happy? Yeah, it was. Okay, that's good. As long as um, would it make you would it I don't know, it make you happy? It's I then do I'm not like in. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just not doing You're it. Not, no. Nope. But do you not like but do you not like also things that make you think and provoke and <sighs> nope. and and make you question things afterwards? See, I'm a curious animal like that. I do. I want to be provoked. I, I, I want to think, think too afterwards. Much. I think enough. Right. And also, and also, yeah, are you affected it's a conversation by that? Piece. Yes. Are you affected about, by that? So if you watch, like, for example, you know, it may have an impact on you. You know, if yeah. you watch things that are too... I'll be sad for maybe days Maybe too sometimes. dark. Yeah. Are you an empath? I guess so. I take it on yeah. like it's happened. Like... Oh, yes. In my life or to my best friend or something. Oh, yeah, that's empath. And yeah. I'd be so upset. Sometimes weeks. And it's like, yeah, you're it's an really empath. Bad. Yes. Yeah. It's kind yeah, of so, so it has an impact. Yeah. yeah my mum, she, she's funny. She really, really gets that about me. So she won't. Yeah she won't bring up certain certain things and then if we're with a new person and they don't know that about they'll be telling me a story and my mum will go no no just leave it stop there. there stop, stop she's there. gonna cry <laughs> but um there. it's a funny thing I just get connected to it so I think if I'm gonna watch a movie or something I really do want it to be okay like because that is gonna affect me yeah and I think I mean, everyone deals with things differently. Cody has to wait for me to go out to watch a scary movie and he'll... Oh, I can't I, do those. I oh, used to I be able to. Those. I can't do those now. No, no. no. My Darren, oh, you know, my husband Darren, he'll watch those all day long, but the the, the yeah. images will stay. You know, I, I'm an empath, so that will stay with me too. Like, oh yeah. no. That's why you I can't do kids. that. I can't do no. that. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> no horror movies. I'm glad. No. <laughs> so we're, we're good. We can go to the movies together one day. Like, then. We'll know that we'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, exactly. We'll just go watch some animated Disney. Movies. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Lion 
lifetime Christmas movies. Oh yes, exactly. Bring it on, love them. Exactly. It's just like cup of happy all day long. That's yes. it. That's all I want to drink. That's how I see it. I'm like, you are what you eat, so don't yeah. eat shit. Just don't. <laughs> just don't do it. Simple as. You're brilliant, Joe. Thank you very, very, very much. Keep doing. Thank you for having me. You're absolutely awesome human being very inspiring i've watched you for years and i shall continue to do so i'm I'm gonna get my my notepad out i take my little notes (laughs) i'm excited and i'm so so excited for you i'm really excited you're more than welcome thank you